Good evening, everyone. This is Connie Lingus here with Kelly Drake. Not Peter. He's dead, I guess. <laughs> here for another edition of 89.1, a.k.a. WNYU's very own category is drag cast interview stravaganza. Sure, I did that before. <laughs> uh, this week, we spoke with the wonderful Sugar Kane. Here is the interview. Uh, enjoy. Enjoy. Our guest today is a singer, actor, and drag queen, well-known by the New York City drag fans. You've seen her performing across the city, now the country. Um, she recently debuted her solo show, Sweet Dreams, at the Lori Beachman Theater. I am happy to welcome the wonderful Joe King. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. You've talked in the past about how you come from a background of musical theater. Mm. What made you get into theater initially? Um, I think it's just I, I've always had a love of music and a love for musicals. So growing up, um, you know, pop music and the musical theater thing, that has always been like a dream of mine. And so I knew when I was little I could sing. So that's just been like the dream is to be on Broadway and to be singing. So, um, you know, I kind of got involved into like taking lessons later on in life, like around when I was like 18. So that kind of sparked my um, being able to take the classes and do that. Like I really started to follow that. So I went to school. Um, it just kind of, you know, took off from there. So, But I had to go to school for opera because they didn't do musical theater. They were very strict. Mm -hmm. They hated musical theater. <laughs> uh, I fought with my teacher for like two years because <laughs> I wanted to sing uh, musical theater. But, you know, I had to sing like Schubert and all this uh, crazy, beautiful art songs that at the time I hated. <laughs> Did you have like a musical growing up or like a musical that you're like oh i would love to be in this or this is my this is my like goal or something yeah i think it, it, it's a little bit older but rent was my musical yes. that was the yeah. the one that formed me it was like, amazing um and uh i actually got to see it january 31st 1998 i came to new york i huh. know the date i saw the original cast um it, it was amazing so that kind of like that i wanted to play angel and so um, that happened many, 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 many years later. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, um, okay, so you're relatively new to the drag scene, having only done it for less than two years before getting called for Drag Race. Yeah. Um, so what was your first experience with drag, and how did you sort of get into it? Yeah, I did it for, just on a whim. I, I run with Front Runners New York. It's a uh, LGBTQ um, uh, running group, and uh, we march in the uh, Pride March. And so, you know, I was like, one year I was like, I'm just going to do it in drag. And I was super nervous and, you know, I did my research and I got all this stuff and it was a big deal. Um, and I was really scared because I didn't know, you know, how they would take me marching with them. They really hadn't had uh, drag queens marching um, for some time with the group. So I did it. It was amazing. They loved it. It was so fun. Um, and then we had like a uh, talent show a couple months later to raise money for our coaching fund. And I was like, I think I'm going to do it as Sugar Gang. Uh, so I did it and I sang uh, and I just got such a great response. And so I did that for two years, just kind of like 
twice a year. Um, and then, you know, one of my friends uh, told me about a competition here. Um, it was hosted by Sweetie, which is, a, I mean, huge, uh, a huge drag queen in New York City that I had known of uh, since I was like, a teenager. Um, and I was like, I have to do it. And I just met the girls and it just kind of like snowballed into this thing. And now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so... At the end of the day, what made you decide to choose, like, attempting drag full-time over musical theater full-time? Uh, I think, I don't, you know, drag was an unexpected uh, surprise. I didn't know that I would love it so much and that it really kind of used everything, that my all my skill levels, like my singing, my acting, the creativity that I have for sewing outfits and, like, doing hair. And it was fun. I really felt like, the most free um, in that particular art form, right? Because I could go do Broadway, but I'm going to do Broadway as a boy. And, like, so, like, I have always, um, you know, I've known that I was gay forever. And so, like, having that really strong feminine side of me, like, you know, I always felt like as in musical theater and opera, you had to be hyper-masculine and all this bullshit. And so, like, I just was, like, this was a, an art form that I really could just, like, be me and whatever that means right and so um it just uh caught me by surprise and it's the most beautiful thing i i couldn't be more grateful you've talked about well anyone that knows anything about you knows that you went from like a corporate gig to doing drag mm -hmm. you've also talked about how corporate life wasn't necessarily right for you long term but would you say that there's anything that you took from your time doing corporate that's proven beneficial to your time as a drag queen oh I, almost everything i mean the corporate world is it's all business centered so like and i was a producer for media so like being able to manage products projects and people and thinking with a business mindset contracts all these things that you know um dealing with different personalities having to work with like really high profile like people in the corporate world or you know um being able to do all these crazy different things like as a drag queen you need it like I feel like I'm so much more in an advantage because I'm a business. So I have to operate as one and think of myself as, you know, um, this little a small business. So it, it's helped me out in so many ways. Um, and thinking about, and it's something as simple as like trying to plan for like two weeks. I'm going to go for two weeks and I'm going to be traveling all over the place. And, like, how do I really kind of set myself up for success and like planning my outfits and my numbers and like things uh, uh, like that. And so like, I think if I wasn't already such a like producer, you know, I would be a mess. <laughs> like, so I do a lot of stuff on my own. So that's, I think, the detriment uh, to that. Because, like, I'm like, oh, I'll just do everything alone. Uh, but, um, but, yeah. So um, when it comes to drag race and just the drag scene in general, um, proper Native American representation seems to be really few and far between. Um, so when you incorporate that into your drag, do you feel any pressure from your culture to kind of um, make sure you're not getting it wrong or showcase it properly or enough? Absolutely. I think um, when it came down to for that particular runway, um, I had seen a, it was a fringe runway and I had seen this gorgeous photo um, uh, of this uh, woman in this Native American fringe. It was like, so long and I was like, oh, my God, I have to do something that is inspired by my culture. And that's something that I wanted to do across the board with all my runways. Um, and so first and foremost, I was like very clear that when I was building this particular thing with my designer, that we are not recreating actual like it wasn't like an actual recreation of the Apache outfit or any outfit. It was something that was to be inspired that we were trying to make fashion, but like still very respectful. Um, and so uh, it, 
for me, even when I was doing my interviews, and I remember being in the in um, the confessionals, I had to really think about how I was describing the outfit and what I was saying because I never wanted to upset um, anyone, and I want to be very, very you know careful about this representation. So um, it, I, I remember going back. I was like, no, that's not how I want to say this. Do you know what I mean? So, and even then, I think I did get uh, a response that someone had uh, misunderstood and thinking that I had actually recreated a, an Apache look, and that was like not the makeup inspired. Yes, but everything else was kind of you know um, just uh, taken from uh, the native background, but not. I wanted to be just very, very careful, you know, because it's very important. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And. You've been good, very. You've been very good about not having your portrayals of Native American culture be too cliche or stereotypical. Mm. But when you look at pop culture and you look at the drag scene, it's often been based so off a yeah. stereotype. I guess my question for you is: Are there any Native American stereotypes that you find exceptionally harmful when you see like portrayed out in pop culture or drag? I mean, I feel like there is a lot, right? I don't think there's um, definitely the way the the outfits I feel can be very costumey and just very uh, degrading in that sense. There's mm-hmm. a lot of um, beautiful handcrafted work that goes into it, and I like. Do you know what I mean? I feel like you know um, that the it's kind of you know. I mean, how do I say this? You know, again, again, I'm also being very careful in like how I'm choosing my language. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, and I think from my from my particular standpoint, it's about fashion and but like being like fashion forward, but then also being very you know true to what it could potentially be. So, um, without saying I, you know, you see that literally like party city costumes and like that to me is like absolutely terrible. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, and then you know the. The uh, makeup-inspired paints can also be very, you know, not. So instead of looking at, like, the girls on YouTube who do this kind of paint, actually go, I was actually doing research, like, what is a mescalero patchy kind of paint? Like, what kind of went into, um, like, if they're going out, like, to a war kind of thing. Like, and and that's the kind of thing that I was looking at more of, like, traditional things, um, but then also doing an inspiration. So it's, I mean, it's hard, you know what I mean? Like, you don't, unless you're completely embedded in the culture and I'm doing an actual direct representation, like, you know, you have to be very, very careful. So, um I, th- I did my best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think actually um, right there, uh, you touched on it, but where do you draw the line between appropriation and appreciation for culture in any aspect, Native American or, or otherwise? Absolutely. I think, you know, it, it is, it, I mean, it's a, it's a fine line. I feel like you have to be a part of the culture to, you know, feel like you can represent it. But then again, like, am I truly embedded in the culture? No, because like, you know, we're also Latino and, you know, my family is from Mexico, but like we didn't really grow up like in like full on a hundred percent. Right. So, um, I think, uh, y- I know it's a tough question. It's a tough question to say because a lot of people, I think, come at it from a point of respect as well, and they're trying their best to do it. But even then, you're blinded and you can't really do it. So, um, you know, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I have the answer for yeah. you right now. Well, and you know, I, I think but... what I liked what you said about how you looked at the history and instead of looking at the girls on YouTube doing their makeup that yeah. way, you actually looked at the actual representations of it from history. I think that that's probably yeah. a good starting place. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess one last point to talk on representation. Uh, your dress in the finale of Drag Race, which I'm a 
group Cuban and Puerto Rican, so mm. everyone knows the story of Juan Diego. At yeah, least yeah. where I'm from. <laughs> so I thought that was really well done. And it, for those that don't know, the story of Juan Diego is like a traditionally like Catholic religious story. So being that you incorporate elements from a religious story, were was there any fear when you were designing and the idea came to mind that people might be angry that you're doing a religious thing in mm. context of drag and did you end up getting pushback for it finally in the end um you know that's it's an interesting question because i really when i had this idea i didn't think i wasn't fearful it was something that i really truly uh loved and wanted to do i think um there's so many layers and I didn't realize there were so many layers to this. Obviously, like we grew up Catholic and being Latino, like it, the Virgin Mary was very prominent and mm -hmm. she was a very prominent um, uh, figure just in the house and saints and photos and things like that. So like it's, I, I wasn't fearful. I just really wanted, I thought it was just a beautiful, beautiful concept. I feel like, um, you know, I took it like all oh, like the, the mother of all, like the queen of all. Like I was like looking at all these different things and I, and I wanted to, um, it was just a gag. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, to be, to come out as Juan Diego, to like do that and then to actually turn into her, like I, I wanted to turn into her, you know? Um, and uh, so I wasn't fearful. I think it was really, really beautiful. I think uh, another layer of it too was kind of like an homage to my family. Um, we're from a small town called Miguel, California. And uh, it, it was ravished by the fires uh, during Thanksgiving of last mm. year. And so the whole town burned down. We lost our family home. Oh, um, and it was really, really tough on the family. And Drag Race was starting. So I couldn't really be there for them. Um, and that was really difficult for me. Uh, and so we had I had painted my, for my family a huge um, uh, Virgin Mary out of wood uh, many, many, many years ago. My mom got it blessed. And it was just kind of this became the staple in our family that was just there in the home. Um, we had a little altar around it um, and we lost it in the fire. And I, there's little things like that that kind of like you realize later, oh, my God, like that was kind of a part of our family for so long. And so this was kind of a way of me just you know, not being there in a way of me just expressing to my family and just like to the world, like, you know, this, this love and this beautiful, you know, imagery that was a part of our family for so long that, so it was kind of like a, all those things kind of wrapped into one. So I never thought of it as a fearful thing, more of just like, just an expression of, you know, what we were all kind of going through in my little family at this time. So. Yeah. And I definitely think it was well done. Like you could tell that there was a lot of love to it and that's why it stood out. That was my favorite look of the finale. Thank you. Thank you. So no pushback yet. So please don't come for me, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, though, to touch on one little thing that yeah. you brought up, you paint? Um, you know, I, I do a lot of, I, I'm a jack of all trades. So it's something that I had done like many years ago. And I do, I haven't done it in, in recently at all. Um, but that was uh, something I did for my family. Is there any is there any of those little things that you've done in the past or you'd like to do that you want to get back to at some point? Um, I would love to get back to singing opera. Like I don't sing opera anymore, and I I used I started out singing live as Sugar Cane, and then you know you, we we're in bars and we drink all the time, and my voice is hypersensitive, so like I didn't um, I kind of like put that on the back burner, um, but. You know, with my one woman show, I sang in that. Yep. Um, and then so like I just I want to bring that operatic, operatic element back. So I'm kind of more concentrating on that right now. Um, so would it, it would you be more interested in doing opera as Sugar Cane or out of drag? Uh, no, totally in drag. Like Sugar Cane is like the she's she's it. Like I, I've gotten asks about from different agents like, oh, well, you want to 
to act as a boy. And I was like, well, yeah, I will. I won't say no to a paycheck. But like <laughs> Chica Kane's the one that's, you know, kind of opened these doors. So I want uh, to be able to do it through her. So, so yes. Gotcha. Singing opera with her. So <laughs> you brought up your solo show, Sweet Dreams, which I saw. So oh, thank you. I haven't gotten amazing. to see it yet. Hey. <laughs> so, I want to. But I, I wanted to bring up something that you brought up. So you talked about how your first audition tape you thought at least was like a disaster you hated it <laughs> and then you showed a little of your second one that one you were proud of and you you've talked about how you felt it was special so based on your experience like what did you go into doing differently in the second one that you didn't do the first one or that you learned from the first tape uh i gave myself time <laughs> i think the first one i literally did in like two days and i turned it in at like the stroke of midnight the day it was due so i think uh with this one uh the second one um the one that got me in i just the minute it was out i just i started to to do everything you know um i started working on my interviews i just recorded interviews every day i just did it on, i did it on my own i edited it all on my own i did it by myself i had some friends shoot the music video and the acting challenge so i gave myself some time you know i wanted to turn it in early as well so um yeah i just gave myself of time and I just was wanted to make sure that what I was saying was authentic to myself and I wasn't you know I don't know uh, you know what does that mean yeah. I don't know I just kind of was like just recording every day to find what my story was and um to kind of fine-tune that so and then would you have any advice other than be yourself of course <laughs> for people that want to make like a great impression on with their audition tapes if they were to so go about doing one yeah, I mean, like, uh, you're the only one that knows your own story, so no one can do it for you. I think a lot of girls rely on people to do the videos for them, and they just do that. But it's like, you know, what do you want to tell the world? And, like, you're the only one that knows that. So, like, you know, set up your iPhone and just start talking. You know, you'll find it. And that's kind of what I did. Um, but then, you know, Drag Race is crazy, girl. You got to show that you are a jack of everything. And so you have this small amount of time to really show them, like, you are an actor. You are, you can make your own clothes. You are a personality that is, uh, you know, worthy of being listened to. So, you know, it's kind of, everyone's different. Gotcha. Yeah. And then also to talk about your solo show, what would you say was the hardest thing for you about putting it together? Um, <laughs> actually, just sitting down and doing it. Um, <laughs> I had done a version of the show for uh, for MIT uh, way back when I first actually when I first started, um, and I and so you know. I kind of put it on the back burner and then like now I wanted to do the show. Like I literally was just so busy. I couldn't sit down and do it. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's very, very rough. It's very, very rough. I have big plans for that show. So a lot of it's going to like the numbers are going to swap out, but, um, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like the, yeah, I think it was just finding the time to actually sit down and like really kind of figuring out what I had to, to say, but um, yeah, I'm excited. It's a, it's a good, I, it's uh, for me, it's, uh, for me, like I said, it was very, very rough, but um, I'm excited to kind of zhuzh her up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my question, you've talked in other interviews about where the name Sugar Cane comes from, but um, what I really want to know about is where does your inspiration for her as a person come from? In and out of drag, are you very similar? Are there women in your life that have inspired Sugar? Um, absolutely. I think I think we're very, very similar. I think the one thing about her is she's definitely more outgoing and just like a little bit louder than me. Um, 
But I, my, I'm, I think of like, I have very, very strong women in my life. My mother is amazing. Um, she's so sweet and so kind and so giving and loving. Um, uh, but then don't mess with her. You know what I mean? She's, <laughs> yeah. you know, but she's, that's just how she is. Again, my sister, my older sister, Lisa is the same. She, um, for such a long time was a, a single mom of like four kids and uh, she's remarried now and has an amazing husband, but like seeing her grow up and seeing how strong she was, but still how loving and just a dynamic, fun, loving person that she was. Um, my little sister, again, she's just so incredibly brilliant. Um, but always just fun. And they just, know how to just have like you know just really kind of bring you into who who they are and like they, they just kind of wear their hearts on their sleeves and so uh, um these are the women that i grew up with you know um so and i feel sugar is very much that she's all about love and like expression and like making sure that everyone is like including and safe and feeling like they're in in the mix and that's very much who she is so and she stays out of the drama she does stay out of the drama she really really does <laughs> sometimes i was like maybe i should have been more involved in the drama uh but uh you know no, um, but yeah, no, it's just, there's no time for all that for her. So, gotcha. I guess uh, to kind of wrap things mm-hmm. up here, I'm just curious. Now that you've got some pretty extensive touring behind your belt, and will likely do more in the future, <laughs> what's the hardest thing about touring for you? Uh, sleep. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I think that that really is it. Like everything is so fun about it. Like going to new cities and like meeting the kids and performing you the performing is amazing because you get it every day it's a new chance to kind of do something better and that i love that um and then uh hanging out with the girls like it just is so fun to really get to know them in a non-stressful environment and really spend time together uh but it's finding the sleep because like they want to go out if we have a day off and i'm like i am old i need to go to bed (laughs) so i think like i actually didn't really go out with them they were kind of annoyed with me um because I was like, I, I just got to go to bed. Like I need, because I want to be fresh the next day, and like yeah. I want to feel. Uh, so that's that's the hard part is finding enough time to sleep because uh, it's it's nonstop. It's going, going, going. So, but okay. it's fun. Gotcha. Um. Well, that's it for us. Uh. So if the people like what they've heard and want to follow <laughs> you, uh, whether it is see you in person or keep track of what you're up to, how can they do that? Um, you can go to my website for any of my live events. It's uh, shugssweetshop.com. Um, I'm also on social media at Miss Sugarcane. So on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. Um, yeah, and I, I do my best to keep up. I'm an old lady, so keeping up <laughs> with social media is so difficult for me. But um, I'm on there. I have a YouTube channel as well. I'm re- always releasing content on that. So, um, yeah, Miss Sugarcane, I'm around. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was really, really fun. So, thank thanks. So, yeah, uh, super th- special thank you to Sugar Kane for her time. She was a lovely individual to speak with. Uh, and that is it for our show. Here again is me, Connie Lingus, here again with Kelly Drake. Also known as not Peter. <laughs> not Peter this week. Uh, yes, uh, super special thank you to Miss Darling for the song Young Lovers that they use at the intro and outro of our show. Thank you so much. Have a lovely time. <laughs>